My name is Jean, in case you don't know. That's, some people refer to me as Jean, um, because it is uh, the spelling of it in, in English is Jean, in French. But it's okay to refer to me as John. Um, yeah, it's a privilege for me to be uh, sharing uh, the scripture with you again this, this morning. As uh, you know, we've been um, looking at the kings since um, we started about uh, two weeks ago. And um, the past two weeks, uh, John and Andy Thomas, they've given us some uh, background to the settings of, uh, of the kings. And so I am not going to go into um, those uh, details of the, the background of, of the kings because um, uh, we know most of them. And especially last week, um, Andy was talking about Jeroboam, um, one of um, the king in Israel that became a sort of measure for how evil or how bad a king um, has been. And from that on, uh, we then, reading the book of the Kings and Chronicle, we see series of things that are um, radically against, against God. And so uh, today we're going to be looking at King Ahab. Um, and also as we, we, we looking at this point of Israel, Israel is not a united uh, nation any longer. Israel is already divided into northern kingdom and, and southern kingdom. Um, southern kingdom being referred to as Judah and then uh, the rest became Israel, the, the northern kingdom. So Ahab is then ruling in, in the northern kingdom, which I will refer to as as Israel. And so Ahab is coming into, into the picture here a um, long time, even um, after David is, is gone and, and the other kings, but not too far from the period of uh, Jeroboam that set the tone of um, of evil kingdom in um, evil leadership, I would say, in in Israel. And so, uh, as we listen to to Andy last week, we've seen how terrible um, the Northern Kingdom has become, just because of um, Jeroboam uh, utterly rejecting um, the rule of Yahweh and uh, doing his own thing. And um, one of the things that we should know about um, kingship in, in Israel is that even though they would have king, Yahweh is still the king of, of Israel. You, you remember even before uh, Saul uh, became king in, in Israel, uh, Yahweh was directly uh, ruling over Israel with, with his authority through the prophet or through people like uh, Moses and, and Joshua. And so the people of Israel then decided to have a physical monarch. We want to be like other nations. Let, let us have a king that goes before us. 
But even God accepted um, Samuel to anoint Saul as a king over Israel. The king in Israel would just be a physical representation of the real king who, who, who is Yahweh. So that idea of having a king does not take away the authority of God over Israel. And that is why every king that come in Israel has to have the book of the law. And it has to relate to spiritual leadership, to the prophet and, and the priest. And there are specific things that the king is not allowed to do because he has to obey the law of God. God is the king in, in, in Israel. And as we saw with, with Jeroboam here, we, we, we saw a king that did not really care about the law of, of God. And so when then we are introduced to, to King Ahab, and you would say, oh, we thought that we've seen enough evil until now we are introduced to to King Ahab, he is introduced um, with with this description, and so you can read in First Kings chapter sixteen, verse thirty-one, and it says this: "As if it had been a light thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam the son of Nebat, he took for his wife Jezebel, the daughter of Ethbaal, king of Sidonian, and went and served Baal and worshipped him." And so this, this is the way that we are introduced to, to King Ahab. Um, every other king that, that came in, in Israel, if, when it's been a, an evil king, it, it says that uh, he walked like Jeroboam, that, that, that evil king. But when we look at, at Ahab here, it's like he was too small to actually be like uh, Jeroboam, but he went and married Jezebel. And we're going to hear a lot about, a lot about Jezebel, or if you want to follow the story of, of, of Ahab, Ahab would even become secondary to, to Jezebel. Not because Jezebel is an amazing woman. She has a great name, Jezebel. It's a beautiful name. Um, but uh, Ahab is going to become secondary just because Jezebel took things in her hands. And as she said, I am going to take the level of evilness even a bit more further so that you will know what it is to be, to be evil. And so uh, Jezebel, uh, becoming the wife of Ahab, turned Israel into a dark, dark nation. And Israel is never going to be the same, and quite a lot of things that we would say um, about Ahab and, and his leadership. He started reigning in, uh, in Israel. Most of the scholars think that he started running around uh, 874 BC, and he reigned for about uh, 22 years, and after his father uh, Omri. And during the reign of, of Ahab, um, there was constant threat from Syria uh, that is looking into invading. And that was the practice to, during the time if any king that wanted to show his authority is to go by invading other nations and making them to become vassal. And as Syria was also raising in, into, into power. 
And to, um, to be able to stand in that context, most of the king would uh, make alliances uh, with other kings so that when there, there is time of need, they can then rely on, on the alliances to go to war or to protect themselves. And so um, King Ahab in that context then went to have an alliance with uh, um, the Phoenician king, Sidonian as well, as, as it's known as well in, in, the, in the Bible. And so the alliance with the king of, of Phoenicia led to, mar- to him getting married to the princess, to, to Jezebel. Now, um, the Sidonian king, he, he, wasn't simply of, he wasn't simply a king, he was also a priest of um, Asherah, um, one of the, the idols. In, um, in Phoenicia. And uh, being in, in that position, you can imagine how Jezebel, the daughter of, of the king of, of Sidon, grew up in the context of Baal worship. And uh, by the way, the name of, of his father, Ethbaal, means with Baal. And so um, all of her life, she, she probably learned what all the practices of uh, idol worship. And so uh, that's what Ahab got himself in, into, and it's strict in Israel, according to the law of God, that they should not go into uh, marriage alliances with foreign women. And these are recommendations from, from God. And from here, we already see a rejection of God's words, we already see an attitude of disobedience from um, from Ahab, and so he uh, he went and he got married to um, to Jezebel, and we you continue to look into the story of um, of Ahab, and then we observe the re- the rest of the Bible. We would see that Jezebel is going to become even a symbol of any spirit that caused the people of God to disobey. Any spirit that entices the people of God to fall into sin or to embrace sin or to enjoy enjoy sin. Can someone read in Revelation chapter 2 and verse 20 if if you, you can get it for us? And we, we see there, uh, because of what Jezebel did in Israel, her evil was so overwhelming that she, she personified the, the spirit of, of evil. Anyone in Revelation chapter 2, verse 20? Can you read that? And, and so th- that is right at the end, at the end of the Bible where God was speaking through, through his servant and uh, referring to what Jezebel did. So what, what, what did Jezebel do uh, when she moved from uh, Phoenicia to come into, into the palace? The, uh, the capital of the northern kingdom at the time was now in Samaria. 
and this is where the palace of, uh, of Ahab was. And so when Jezebel came and with her excitement about idol worship, she brought about 850 prophets, prophet of Baal and prophet of Asherah, and she establishes them in, in, uh, in the northern kingdom. She calls her husband to build uh, the temple of Asherah and the temple of Baal in, um, in Samaria. And so uh, she invites uh, her husband to embrace uh, Baal worship. And Ahab became a pagan person in Israel, a pagan king. And he totally rejected the worship of of, of Yahweh because of the influence and, and we see that that enticing spirit uh, from uh, Jezebel that um, almost invaded Israel with, uh, with the idol worship and, um, and she even fed those prophets the prophet of, of Baal and the prophet of, of Asherah were eating at her table she, she was looking after them was she she were very, they were very welcome in the um, in palace. So the, the way we look at, at uh, Ahab, probably it would be uh, what we consider today about radical Islamists um, that are so engaged uh, with their religion and nothing is important uh, than their religion and anything else that goes against the spirit of, of their religion needs to be destroyed. And, and, and you know about uh, Boko Haram um, from uh, Nigeria and Cameroon, my, my, my countries, and, um, and Boko Haram goes against anything that does not promote Sharia law you know, because they want to impose the they are on thing. And so they go about uh, destroying whoever is not uh, embracing their the, the idolatry, people who take pleasure in, in killing other people. And, and this is what, uh, what Jezebel uh, became. She promotes uh, the worship of, of Baal in, in, in Israel. She invested in, in it. And uh, not only uh, she invested in that, she destroys, she suppresses the worship of, of Yahweh. Any prophet that prophesied the words that comes from God is either put into prison or killing them. And, um, and, and, and this, this gives you um, the picture of a nation that is supposed to be in mission for other nations. This, this is what uh, the calling of, of Israel. Israel would be an example of leadership, an example of business, an example of education, an example of everything, so that the, the, the other nations would look up to, to Israel and to say, wow, where is your secret coming from? And, and last, last, uh, last week, we, we heard with, with Andy how David introduced worship, the, the beauty of, of singing, the, the beauty of, of celebration. And all of that is part of the calling of God for the people of Israel so that um, uh, the rest of the nations would look up into, into Israel. And the role of Ahab 
and, and, and his family is to pursue that. But we see that has gone really out, out of the windows. And there is nothing, you know, as, as you, you look anything related to King Ahab, you don't find something referring to the love of God. Not at all. It's, it's totally darkness and killing of, of the, the prophets. And uh, his wife Jezebel even led him to in, indulge in um, using the resources um, of Israel for selfish in, enjoyment. And they beautified the temple in, in Samaria and they went into the city building. And the prophets spoke against um, their, their lavish style, lifestyle. Uh, because the, the temple in, in, in Samaria became, it has a name, it became the ivory house. And it, that show much, shows how much they invested ivory in it to, to make it a, a beautiful um, palace. And, and Jezebel is one of those, one of those characters that uh, uh, everything is about her. It's that, that sort of arrogance and, and everything should reflect that that it is it is me and but um, in in the middle of that we see um, of course as, as I'm talking about this you can see the darkness you can see the evilness um, that Israel has has become it's, it's almost like where is God uh, or where where is the inheritance of 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 Yahweh. But in, in, in the middle of, of that, we see the prophet Elijah also, um, even though he is in a context of so much violence, so much darkness, so much evil, we see here through, uh, through Elijah that God cannot be overcome by the force of evil. God is not even in competition with the force of evil. He, he, he doesn't say to, to Satan, come on, let, let's have a fight. It's not impossible. It's impossible. God is not in, in competition. When we see Jezebel going about killing uh, the, the prophet of Yahweh, one would like to, to ask, where is God? Why, why is God uh, allowing that? Is, is God being silenced? If, if Satan stronger than, than, than God? Uh, but God wasn't at all in, in competition um, with, uh, with the force of evil because in the middle of, of that, God began to speak uh, through the prophet Elijah. And, and one of the characteristics of um, Baal and Asherah, Asherah is the god of fertility. It's fertility for people and for, for crops and uh, for animals. And so people worship that with the belief behind it that uh, there's going to be fertility. And, and when, when we talk about the worship of this idol, it's not simply going into the temple and then kneeling down and do rituals. It involves sexual immorality, all sort of uh, 
orgy, all sort of bad thing that, that we can imagine. This is, this is, this is what, what we look into the worship of, of Baal. It, it involves human sacrifices. Uh, some of the kings that are taking their children to go and sacrifice their children to appease the God. And, and Baal is, is the God of the land that deal with, uh, with crops and rain. And in that context, God then bring his word to prophet Elijah. It's, oh, you trusting Baal and, and Asherah, as they are your provider, now there's going to be drought. There's no going to be a drop of rain. There's going to be famine. And, uh, and, and this is the word of God, uh, that God is bringing the word of God into, into Israel to say that the solution to your problem does not come from Asherah or from Baal, you think uh, are your, your solution. Actually, God is in charge of, of the universe. And so that disobedience from the people of Israel led to uh, three years of, of drought and, and famine. It is after three years that God brought about rain again. And, and there was a display of, of God's power through the contest between um, uh, Elijah and the prophet of Baal that, that were gathered. And, and you know that, that story where um, Elijah invited them to come and then he brought those uh, um, words and then pour water on them to offer sacrifices. And uh, you have this 400 prophet of Baal calling into the, the Baal from morning up to evening to show up. Nothing happens. And then um, Elijah, through, through, through prayer, and invite God, and God show up, uh, fire burning in, even in the water. And so that, that is to say that in, in the middle of darkness, where uh, seems th- things from our human perspective, it seems that like God is, is not present God is in charge, and God still demonstrates his power even in the middle of, of the darkness. And that is an invitation for us that we can sometimes feel as we are overwhelmed by how negative things are in our societies. It's like, uh, what else do, do we do? Um, we, we have God, and we have the Spirit of God in us, and no matter how thick the darkness is out there, that darkness can never prevent the God Spirit in us to continue to show goodness, to show kindness. Uh, you know, uh, with, 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 with uh, what we observing in our society today with with the harshness that comes with terrorism and, and uh, going and, and about exploding everybody around, that is not an excuse for us to stop being good people. It, 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 that should not stop us from, uh, from reaching out, from reflecting the love of God. And, and this is, this is what, what Elijah did. In the, midst, in the middle of killing this, this, this prophet, God is still alive. And he, he, he went into, into the house of, of that widow 
uh, you know, that's, I'm going to eat this last bread with my son, and then we would die. And it is in the middle of that famine, God uses Elijah to come and uh, to supply for honey. And, and oil never run out, and the flour never run out. In the middle of, of drought. And, and I think it is, it is an encouragement for us today. Of course, we, we are living in a difficult time, fear everywhere, and uh, you don't know if you're going out and if you're going to come home. Um, uh, and, and God is still in control. God is still good, and God wants to continue to show his goodness through us. And, and, and we see a display of, of, of God's but we see the corruption in um, in, uh, in 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 Israel. Um, Ahab with, with with his wife, they killed the prophet, and so they raised up their own prophets. And um, and every prophet that prophesied the truth or that prophesied something against them, um, they are they are locked. And um, and there was an incident when King Ahab wanted to go to war. And, um, and, um, one of the king of Israel, of, of Judah came to him, let's consult, uh, God if we should go to war against Syria or not. And he brought the prophets and, and, um, all the prophets say that, yes, 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 you go, God is going to give you victory. But what's happening? Ahab and Jezebel have led all those prophets to become a sort of puppet to prophesy what they want to hear. And any prophet that speaks the word of God, and the word of God is actually to denounce how evil the leadership in Israel is, those prophets are not considered as, as a prophet. And, and, uh, and the king of Israel said, is there not any another, another prophet? Yeah, there is Micah, that's that prophet. And, uh, but let not consult him because he never proph- prophesied anything good about me. You know, that's that, that what, uh, what he says. You read that in First Kings chapter 21. Um, or, or, yes, chap- chapter 21, you would see that uh, Micah then prophesied the word of God to Ahab, but Ahab reject, rejected him, and, then, um, and he was in, in, in prison. Of course, Micah prophesied that you're going to go to war, but you're not going to come back home. And... Um, and we see a lot of things happening here in the, in the middle of uh, this, this darkness. But the light of God was, was still shining, even in the, in the middle of, of this, um, through uh, the prophets of God, through uh, Elijah, and uh, we've seen... Um, the, the son of that uh, widow died, and Elijah cried out to God, and then brought uh, the child back back to life. And 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 why one one would ask the question: Why would God, having that that much power, but would not prevent um, the killing of of the prophets? And and this did lead us into into some some application points is two things come in mind as as we look into the the life of Ahab as as Jezebel one thing is spiritual warfare and um, 
for us as believers, we, we need to be aware that um, our, the world, there is, there is a spiritual, spiritual reality. There's a spiritual realm that's operating in, 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 in the world. When, when we look at, um, for example, if we look at the force of darkness in terrorism, killing innocent people, it's, it's, it's not simply physical human being. These are people that are motivated by evil spirit. And, uh, and, and for us as believers, we need to be aware of that. And, um, because if terrorism is, is simply a physical human, human activity, military, military solution or political solution would have sol- solved that problem since. It, it, and the fact that political and, and military have not been able to solve the it is a spiritual reality. There is a spiritual element. And, and the best way for us actually to, uh, I think it is the church that can bring terrorism down. It's, it's not politics. It's, it's not uh, military. It's, it's, it is the power of God that would bring terrorism down because it is spiritual reality. It's, it, it is the same as when Elijah went uh, to contest with, uh, with, with, with the prophet of Baal. He, he didn't go with his own army. He, he went relying on God and invoking God through prayer. And, and it is Christians that need to engage with prayer to attack the spirit that is behind the terrorism. And it is from there that we would begin to see God operating his, his, his miracles. So we need to be aware of, of that for, for us as, as believers of the spiritual realm is not simply, and we would expect, for example, politicians to, to, to take this law and to have, we, can, we cannot impose that, that thing on them because they don't have the same spirit that, that are in, in us. We shouldn't expect politicians to have, uh, to have um, godly law, godly principle. They don't know God. You know, and so they will rely on on what they know. But for us as believers, we know something more than politics, something more than than our political rhetoric. So we know that God is in charge, and we have access to the Spirit of God. And the second thing that comes to mind as we look into um, into Ahab, it's, it's persecutions. We see the prophets of Baal being persecuted because they promote the kingdom of God against the force of, of evil. And, and, and persecution should not be a surprise for us, for us believers. You know? Persecution started since Genesis when God created humanity. That's, that's where persecution started. And whoever commit himself to obey God, to follow God, to promote God, to do good, you are going to face opposition because the spirit of God in you is against any other spirit out there. And persecution is not, should not be something that, that surprises us. And sometimes we would be persecuted up to the point of death. But death 
for us is a different thing. That for us as believers, it is not the end of it. You know. But persecution should not shut it up. And the prophet Micaiah was put into prison because he was prophesying the truth. And, 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 and there is a trap that, that happens in, in our society by the end of 2016. A new word has, has come into, into place and, it, and, and we've told that uh, we are now in post-truth time. This, 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 is, this is the new word that's been recognized, post-truth. It's, it's like, okay, we are in a time that truth doesn't exist anymore. And the spirit behind that is, is people not to believe in truth anymore. The truth doesn't exist for us not to begin to promote truth anymore. And, and this is the trap, is post-truth or post-modernism or post-whatever, post-Christianity. You know, and so this is the new word that has that's come to place. And, and, and because it is a post-truth, I think it is a time for Christians to engage for even more truth. Because that is, that is the force of Jezebel that, that, that is it. So we need to be aware of this reality for us as believers that um, the fork of darkness should not prevent us from making the life of, of Yahweh shine through us even if we, we are persecuted. And we need to remember that God is not in competition with the enemy because the enemy cannot even position his, himself because God is of our, and we are the people of the kingdom of God. We are sons and daughters of God and it is our responsibility to how small it is to continue to have the light of God shining through us. Let's pray. Jesus, we want to thank you that uh, you've chosen us to, uh, to be the light. And, um, and darkness seems to become thicker and thicker. But the light shines even more brighter uh, in, in darkness. And I pray that uh, our little light would never go dim. Our little light would continue to shine. Even the darkness come against it. And that I pray that we will resolve not to allow our light to go dark. In Jesus' name, amen.